Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Survivor Series review. We are the Dudley Boys of What Culture. I'm Adam Wilborn, joined by Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick to review everything that happened at Survivor Series this weekend. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube, <sighs> where we do daily wrestling podcasts where we don't only review uh, Monday Night Raw, but also Friday Night SmackDown. Uh, the show probably <laughs> known as NXT, but. Oh, AW Collision pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete. We'll have a quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to review Survivor Series live on YouTube. Thanks to everyone in the chat. We'll get to your questions in due course. Um, but a, a fairly eventful evening on Saturday, Sitch. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, the show was a Survivor Series War Games show with an undercard that I thought under-delivered. Mm-hmm. In truth, we'll get through it briefly. More about your questions, jokes, uh, CM Punk. <laughs> but my uh, live experience, should we talk about the live experience mm-hmm. of watching it? Everyone knows yours already. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, didn't stay up to watch it live, but I uh, got up early on Sunday morning thinking I'll watch Survivor Series this morning and I'll catch Collision on Monday morning. And I watched it and I was like, eh, it's pretty good. Not great. It was like, it was the George Bush memoir yeah. of a WWE PLE. <laughs> good, not great. Um, and then I watched the finish. Great last five minutes of that men's war games. And then I was like, right, okay, well, time to turn it off. There's the ident. Hang on, I've been here before. I can see the WWE signature. I'm like, hang on, how many longs left of this? Pause, seven minutes left. And I just thought to myself, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Right, unpause, seven minutes left. Surely not. And then I might have projected this look onto their faces. I might have projected this look onto them. Maybe they weren't, like, doing cartwheels because they were meant to be selling Mm -hmm. the exhaustion and the pain of war. But I looked at the baby faces, Cody et al., and I might have imagined this. But they looked downbeat to you when they were, like, arms in the air, as if to go, right, we've just done 35 minutes, and... 
know what's coming, and no one's going to talk about this. <laughs> I, I just couldn't believe it. As I tweeted, they might as well have not paid for Cult of Personality. Save themselves a day of mm. not having to pay for that. Just on the sting, I couldn't hear a thing. I could not hear one thing when CM Punk came out. I didn't think it was going to happen. There was really no incentive for them to do it. Mm-hmm. It was just a very rare, see what happens, the fans want it, and it'll be class, maybe, or it'll be fascinating. Triple H's entire run is Booker. In, on the main roster, not so much NXT, did this quite a lot in NXT, a big international name or whatever. His big gambit for WWE is we've got the brand visibility. I can... I can make a coherent, basics forward, elegantly or coherently plotted show and next to whatever Vince McMahon passed for a product over the past three or four or five years, particularly, but it was kind of finished 10 years ago. If I can just improve upon that moderately, we are laughing. We are laughing. And he's not really done anything seismic or, in my opinion, that interesting. Incredibly effective, mm. but he's never just decided, you know what, I'm just going to get this hunk of meat and put it in there with some sharks and just see what happens. Like He's never gone for that frisson, that Cody, headline. Cody Lewis was seismic, and it felt the wrong kind of seismic, didn't it? Yeah. Mm. But That's like he's he's not done anything risky, is what I'm saying yeah. in my customary, long-winded way. This is a risk, but my God, it's so compelling. Jesus Christ, he looks 10 years younger to CM Punk. Mm. He just came, I couldn't hear the song. <laughs> it was absolute pandemonium. And I cannot recall that in WWE as long as I've watched it. That, why not? Let's just see what happens here. You, you mentioned uh, that people have, have seen our reaction. First few comments have, have come in. Thanks to Jed Brown, who says, thank you to the greatest wrestling journalist for the shout-out on last week's Dynamite Review. You're welcome, oh, Jed. What are you doing that for, man? The live, a journal? The live reaction. Well, only one left. Uh, the live reaction. <laughs> live reaction from you and Hamlet was hilarious. And Matt Range, you have to give a shout-out to, says, good afternoon to the only professional wrestling journalist. Thank you, Matt. Uh, and my king, of course. Uh, quite the sight to behold Saturday evening. I'm a nobody, and my video of the two of you re- reacting to CM Punk's return has over 316,000 views. He's right, he's a nobody. Uh, aye, it was, it was incredible. Did you, you know, <laughs> did you achieve the state of Nirvana? More than once, I think. Like, I couldn't. I mean, I know you would achieve the state of Nirvana when you watch a gentleman three on Raw. That's right. <laughs> so that's different. <laughs> Only 52 Mondays a year do I achieve that state. But did you achieve Nirvana? What more could he possibly want out of professional wrestling? That is what I'm asking myself now. I'm so excited to be going to WrestleMania. I mean, out of sports entertainment. It'll be a celebration <laughs> of that. But I do wonder if it can really pay off. Uh, I'll sort of like follow on from Saturday because I really did get, I've got this fantastic version of the Fed with CM Punk in it. And it sort of feels like, well, that's that was pretty much all I was left. And it's like, but is there? Because then there's a rumble to come and then there's WrestleMania to come and then there's me to come over and over again watching these shows. <laughs> it's... Uh, it was, yeah, Vince McMahon in Beyond the Mat was an idiot when he was chewing water and saying, we make movies. They don't, but they do make moments. And I would actually 
agree with my esteemed colleague that Triple H has booked a product I've enjoyed very much, but it has been a little short on moments, capital M, thus far. If anything, that was all Vince had left because he could not book. He could not tell stories, but every now and then he had a moment in it, whether it was a returning legend or just a shock or something weird. Mm. Like, he was just like, have this. Have this moment. Maybe this will buy you an extra couple of years. And idiots like me went, okay, see you in two years. I need another moment. <laughs> this feels like the first Triple H capital M moment, and WWE should be this mm. as well. Um, we were asked a question about our favorite booking moments from Tony Khan and Triple H, respectively, and I landed on Tribal Court. Had a couple, but nothing quite like this and nothing that will be replayed and remembered and I don't know how much of it, like how much of an uh, audience makes a difference from a numerical point of view I expect the raw rating tonight will be big but we should talk about that we've had a few predictions and questions about yeah. the specific number like it is you never know from we've all we've talked for years about X being the bubble and you know Twitter being such a small percentage and things like that but the amount of people that are saying again in our separately curated timelines and I don't expect you can extrapolate 50 people to like 5 million people, but just the sense of people frustratedly accepting, well, I'm going to have to watch Raw tonight. That's the value of CM Punk right now. It tends not to last. Mm -hmm. I accept that as one of his biggest fans. I accept that that buzz tends not to last once he gets in amongst it. But that feeling now is a, a real opportunity for WWE because I, I'll say this to Sid, right? He criticizes WWE and watches it every week. I read bad faith criticism of WWE that completely misses the point yeah. of, like, they'll criticise WWE thinking, these bloody idiots cannot tell a story. They sort of can. You might not like that story, and it might not be that entertaining, and we sort of say Triple H is more of a plotter than a storyteller, but their plotting has been cohesive. It's been relatively tight for the last sort of 18 months. You can map most decisions that the characters make from the things that actually happen to them rather than just stuff just happening. So I think it's going to be interesting to see if WWE stands a chance of maybe... Briefly showing an audience that has come just left them behind. They're like, oh well, it's it'll make sense if there's a character you like. They might do something you like, and you might come back next week too. Maybe, maybe not, but maybe. What do you reckon on the ratings tonight? Um, with all due respect to the number one mega fan, Matt Reigns. <laughs> um, they're not hitting three million. No, they're not seen. hitting three million. He's more abreast of the sports scene over in the U.S., and I read his tweet, and I think the NFL game is light, I think he said. Basically, then, I think last week's was like, holy hell, that was the most watched yeah, yeah. Um, non-playoff game um, in years and years and years and years. Um, apparently, it doesn't look like that. It looks like Everton Burnley or something, the equivalent. <laughs> still, I still think three millions out of their reach mm. on um, cable. I would not be surprised at all if it hit 2.4. Which would be a monster. Smackdown right, a total numbers. Monster. Smackdown numbers, isn't it? Our, our, my prediction... Well, wait there. It's time to play the game! Time to play, time to play the game! What's the roll rating going to be tonight, guys? Remember when Sam Punk and Tamina were just hanging out? I could do it again now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would go for, and it doesn't sound particularly impressive, but when you look at what they're doing, like I think they're averaging like 1.6 or something. Yeah, yeah. 1.7, and then a really good demo number. I reckon 2.2. 2.15. I was thinking 2.1, we're, we're effing. Oh, we're effing. So 2.15 and a 0.54. I'll go 2.1 flat then. Demo. <laughs> oh, demo. You little bitch. Don't, no, I, stopped, I stopped looking at WWE ratings when. So it was going. 
Well, it's like it was like Eric Bischoff in that year. I'm, not like just, on, uh, I'm just writing them down. It's just boring now. You know, when he was like arrogantly thinking, I don't need to check the ratings anymore than three minutes later. They were getting their asses <laughs> out to him. But yeah. Did I um, say 2.15? Yeah. Was it 0.54 you said as a demo? I need your help here, Sitch. What typically does Raw do demo wise? I don't, I don't know. Point four something. Four nine. That's not the. That, in football season, it does about that. No football. point early. The no point. The early 0.5s. So I said 0.54. And you mm. said Hamlet for your overall. 2.1 with a. Well, I'll just say 0.5 flat then. Like, I, I'd. It was never that big a draw. I'd love it to do better than that, but yeah. Raw last week did. 0.50. Yeah, one point four six million views effectively, and a point four nine. So the demo was impressive considering yeah. the competition. Yeah, I know. Uh, Two point four million. Jesus Christ. Point six. Well, he's a journalist, so yeah, might, as left. Well, might as well pre-publish those numbers now. There we go for posterity. <laughs> uh, we'll circle back. I will. I do want to run through the whole car, but obviously it's it's. Mainly Punk and huge Randy Orton we're going to be talking about today. I guess to get member of Evolution's back. It's Batista. Yeah. <laughs> uh, OG Stem Cell, thank you for your donation. Yes. How does Punk coming back affect Mania bookings? Well, and events are sewn up. Well, this is it. I. It feels to me like Triple H. There will be overlap with our Raw preview, which is available wherever you get your podcast. Feels like Triple H is potentially. Uh, played a great game of chess here with Seth Rollins and CM Punk. I can't think of two people in WWE or at least in its orbit that want or thirst for that WrestleMania main event more. From what we know of the two, maybe Punk's changed now and Seth has only... Well, changed ever- again. <laughs> He'll probably change again. Seth has only had the cash-in and he's always had that little chip on his shoulder that he's not Roman Reigns and he's not even Brock and, all, and not Cody. But this is the one for me. I think this is a night one main event if you... Well, the grass is always greener where you water it, I've always said. And if they water the grass here, you can get them to WrestleMania. If they can get frigging Jimmy and Jey Uso from SummerSlam to WrestleMania, they can get Punk and Seth there from November. Yeah, more of an immediate thing for me, Seth and Punk. Like, I, get, I get why, by the way, because it keeps the shoot alive then, doesn't it? Yeah. For me, I don't know, the rumours are to be believed, reports are to be believed. They only sold up the deal uh, last week. Um, they'll have had a big, like, they'll have had subject to change, but the big match is penciled in for a long old time. So Triple H likes to do, he'll really plan, mm. as he said, Jay and Jimmy on Mania, like before SummerSlam, obviously, because that's when they execute the angle. Roman Cody, Jimmy J, Priest, Bala, um, Rhea, Becky. Yeah. They feel like four that have been in the plans um, for quite some time. Seth, I think it was going to be Seth and Gunther. Seth and Gunther. Part of my reasoning as to why CM Punk was coming back, they called the Gunther-Chad Gable thing because they're going to heat that up and do the title switch at WrestleMania. Maybe. Long way to go. Long way to go, possibly. Uh, Punk headlining night one, certainly. Interesting. I don't know if he's had the leverage to just say that and to say, well, I want that. He could have just turned around and went, no. (laughs) (laughs) Triple H is like, you can have it. And I'm coming out of retirement. I would take Punk Gunther. Oh, my God. All day long. Yeah. All day long. What a match that would be. Uh, if it's not Punk Seth, they'll need something for one of these TVs. It's a long old time between now and the Rumble, which is the next um, PLE. So it wouldn't be surprising to me if they did Punk Seth on telly before the Rumble and had them go in different directions. Steve Austin. Austin's not... 
well, he might be off the table, but it's significantly more likely than it was yeah. before 2022. That's for damn sure. Um, I Punk, all I'll safely say is that... Dwayne. He's never come back to do a job for Punk. <laughs> he just isn't. Um, all, I know is that I ex- all I know is that I expect Punk to headline night one. And he should. Yeah. Um, Mr. Phoenix says, is there any WWE to AW move left that can be as impactful as one of the AW creators and the biggest needle move they had coming home to WWE? Nah, not a bloody chance. Roman to AEW, but that's just totally beyond the... Uh, Roman to AEW would be massive, but it's not happening. It's absolutely not happening. I think it's... uh, Well, look, what a stupid thing to say on today of all days after Saturday to say, oh, it's never happening. Yeah. <laughs> like, Punk's back in WWE. Vince is all but gone from WWE. Like, the big never-say-nevers um, over the past two years have actually happened. WWE being sold, three of the biggest never-say-nevers have actually happened. So, you know, it's not... I would say it's remote. Absolutely remote. That might be up there just because he's so synonymous. He's so synonymous with WWE. Cena and Roman, that tier of jump... I think for the opposite reasons, but the same... Cody going back will be its own kind of magic. Yeah. Cody going back to AEW, they have, a, they have a real opportunity with Cody to, like, get it right second time around because they got so much of it right first time before it went off the rails. And I think... But it very much depends on the landscape of AEW if and when that happens. Uh, it's going to be a different company than what we're looking at now. Roman, for me, given how he's wound his schedule down and, like, how much he doesn't need to be in wrestling anymore realistically, like... AEW would have to be massive for him to entertain it. It would have to be summer of 2021 big or on the on the rise for him to even entertain it because he's within that bubble. He like has said, I know I know he's working, but he said a lot of things um, about AEW and about Punk's return in AEW, and he's called the fans like, oh, they're just you know fickle and they're just liking the new thing. It's new. NXT UK was new, and no one went mad for that. <laughs> Maybe it was because AEW was really really great. Um, it might as well be TNA to him. Mm. From what I gather, he's been so encased in that bubble in WWE his entire career, his entire pro wrestling career, it might as well be TNA to him. And it's certainly closer to TNA than AEW now. Mm. Brock is interesting. But like I think his pa- star power's faded over the past few years. Yeah. It's not it wouldn't have the impact from a business point of view, but I think the matches would be like you'd get more along the lines of a Brock. Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, than you would any other kind of Brock style, I think. There'd be none of the Paul Heyman rinse-repeat matches, I don't think. Uh, don't. It's, well, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Why, why would you want to do a back-and-forth in AEW? Yeah. Mr. Vinny also says, assuming that Mania is Cody Roman and Punk Seth, does it matter who gets the shot by winning the Rumble and who gets it another way? Example, Chamber. I just like Cody winning the Rumble, and I felt it was on the docket for quite a while. I like, it's just maybe just my own fantasy book, and I thought, he came back last year, and it always felt that they got away with him winning from number 30 because it was just nice to have him back and people wanted it. I think this time there is a better story to finish. If he goes either coast to coast, or he just put the Iron Man shift of mm. something, I just think that's a nicer story. It doesn't have to be, though. Um, Where is it? The Elimination Chamber? Perth. Perth, Perth yeah. Um, for me, it's either or, either or. It's uh, you can cheat, I guess. If you, like, obviously elimination chambers less than the rumble and the world heavyweight titles less than the undisputed universal. If you have the elimination chamber winning going for Roman, you can maybe try and that might be a good tactic to sort of have those um titles on par mm. because for a while 
The WWE and World Heavyweight title, look at WrestleMania 21, for example. It was like, well, they've got two belts that are the same yeah. value. And the Universal never really got there, but Brock having it probably helped. Um, having the Rumble winner go for the World Heavyweight title, if in fact it's CM Punk, for example, and then Cody gets to Roman through the chamber, that's a way of conflating the two titles, which has got to be the goal of your WWE. If you've got Raw and SmackDown and you've got a world title for each, you want to have them in the same sort of esteem and importance. Yeah, I think I, I agree with Sage on this one. I think I think Punk wins the Rumble. Uh, maybe Roman sends in Solo Sokoa to get rid of Cody from the Rumble and Cody has to win the Elimination Chamber. And I, I'm not sure if I've mentioned this before. There was a great performance once from one uh, Shayna Baszler who eliminated everyone. That's what I'd do with Cody. And hoy in a, you can hoy in a Jimmy and a solo. That would be there. super Cody, though. If you... Don't care at that point. That's, well, co- that's you, Cody versus Jason, that, like, just him. He just kicks it out. <laughs> and kicking five guys' ass. Bob hollying his way through Australia. <laughs> I, don't think that's a good, I don't think that's a good idea at all, Wilborn. Um, you, you, you're not on a roll. No, well, I've, I've, I've kind of burnt myself out being the only... Real wrestling journalist left. Um, <laughs> it's not like him to make a catchphrase that was something. Uh, yeah, Ted the Hillbilly Heel says, hey. Good afternoon, legends. Whose current push is most affected by Punk's return? Thank you for the stellar journalism. Thank you. Uh, and as always, love the show. Um, It would be funny. I love Cody Rhodes. I'm desperate for him to win the big one at Roman. Like Not just because I, I care about his character. I do, right? Every wrestler says, right, that I want to leave the industry better than I found it. Apparently that's the first thing that the veterans say. You want to leave this place better than you find it, yeah? <laughs> CM, uh, Cody Rhodes is that guy. Yeah. yeah. Cody Rhodes is the person who dreamt big enough to be instrumental in the formation of an alternative which felt more remote. That was the biggest never say never. Oh, there's going to be a new WCW. That's, well, that's stupid. Vince will die. WWE gets sold. Everything he said. Punk will go back to WWE before any of that happens. It happened, and Cody was instrumental. He was the person who was like 10,000, 10,000, 10,000. Mm-hmm. That's the big marketing number mm-hmm. to make a proof of concept that this thing could be bigger beyond WWE. He was instrumental in All In, instrumental in AEW. He literally has left pro wrestling better and bigger then he found it. Moreover, he's actually made WWE a big-time concern with it, jumping to it to make it interesting, to being the new Cena, essentially. He's made all of pro wrestling bigger and better than how he found it, more than any other wrestler that I have covered since 2016, um, since I started at What Culture. That being said, it would be very Cody if, after giving it the big in, Oh, The Rock can come back. Uh, of course he can come back. <laughs> I'm not scared. I'm not scared. Only for, like, Punk to step in and get so hot mm. that they're like, uh, maybe we should go with him with Roman instead. I don't think that will happen. Um, nor do I think Punk will get so over that Cody will get resented for not being Punk on the road to WrestleMania. But these are risks. If I'm Cody, I'm more worried than I was a week ago. Put it that way. Yeah, but I would like to think he'll be no more worried than that. He was very um, diplomatic and very 
company leader than the way he spoke mm. about punk in the EVP esque, some might say. He said, in fact, in the uh, in the press conference, um, bopped himself for that one. Yeah, but I uh, so he kind of he managed it there and then, which must have been one of the hardest balancing acts to strike, and he and he did it. But that's the John Cena. That's the yeah. John Cena established a role that nobody ever thought could be done again. Roman Reigns couldn't do it. Still couldn't now because Roman has to do all that and not work the schedule. Cody's done that. This like Punk coming back to WWE is another case of Punk will turn up in AEW when it's assured and it's going to work. Cody returned to Vince McMahon's WWE. He didn't cut like Punk has returned to a WWE that he will probably incredibly say is different than the one he left. Cody didn't. Nah, he threw himself right back into the flames ultimately, and it and it's worked out in spite of that. Um, so I don't, and I think Triple H sees that as well and has seen it probably all along. Damian Priesty gutted. I think he was going on that. He's point, going yeah. on that big baby face. I'm splitting up from the Judgment Day. I'm going to be the World Heavyweight Title. I'm going to feud with Finn Balor. That's your World Heavyweight Title program. I'm the next big baby face on Raw. Well, that was my answer yeah. off the back of the Survivor Series, like when they made. So you got Randy Orton coming back, and that's that's in the world of that punk. That's the story. But within the match itself, when you're making the potential cash in such a big part of the drama, obviously they were wanting that front and center. And then if Randy Orton's getting lost and swallowed up by CM Punk, <laughs> the money in the bank thing doesn't stand a chance. And it was Damien Priest to me, to a lesser extent, the Judgment Day, but obviously it was a, about a split, wasn't it? And it was about Priest's ascension. Now, fortunately, the briefcase carries him past WrestleMania. Yes. So you don't have to hit stop. You just have to hit pause. But it did feel like, I thought it was coming as early as Saturday, but certainly a Christmas thing. And they might, they might have to rethink that now a little bit. But again, they're in a position where they can. Like, it's not the hardest thing to replot when he's got that briefcase till what, June or something? Something like that, yeah, yeah. May, June time. Uh, Rahul, thank you for your donation, thank says, you. having sworn off WWE, I got back into wrestling due to AEW during the pandemic. Started watching WWE when Cody won the Rumble. I have to say, I've never enjoyed the stories and characters as much as 2023 WWE. Jesus Christ, is that your burner? <laughs> <laughs> like, if, well, the thing is, because he said they're sworn off WWE, which means he watched it at another point, and I've kept saying this year... This is the closest they've got to 2000. This is the best the product has been in 23 years. So there's plenty of people that have long sworn off it, but started with it. If you sworn off at some point, you must have been on. And I just think if you ever were predisposed to enjoying WWE, I get why it's... I'd, I'd, I'm not surprised at the business booming. As somebody that watched it when it was substantially worse than this, but liked it once before, I've got it week on week on week on week. Mm -hmm. I've felt it this year, and it's that's what it is as a feeling. And I think... Punk coming back has summoned that feeling for people more than they have for Punk than they have for Raw, mm. you know, like or any of the characters on it. But yeah, I'm not surprised reading these takes. Mm. Like it's, it's. I'm not surprised that it's hot. Genuinely, I'm not. I think that like it's AW. It's it's partly AW's fault, but AW had to exist for any uh, like this to happen. AW's super service of everything. Like Sidge called it, what was it, the post? We are post everything. They right. did everything. Yeah. Too like, much excess, every style, every genre, every jump, everything that will make you pop. So what You know what it is now? The unironic, what are they going to do when the pops run out? <laughs> now, remember that, remember that got yeah. memed? Now the pops have actually run out. Well, like the market leader's job in any industry is kind of about providing comfort and familiarity and all of these things that make you the market leader in the first place. And WWE have the benefit of projecting 
one of the best versions of themselves in a way that someone like me is extremely comfortable with and a load of fans that might tune in for CM Punk tonight mm. are like, I'll recognise that and I don't, and who the frig are the creeds? And oh, that, I quite like this story or what, you know what I mean? Like it's going to be familiar. It's not, it is not CM Punk returning to Vince's WWE, having one great Punk promo and then something just preposterous that makes absolutely no sense <laughs> that's been torn up on the night or whatever. Well, someone just made it look like a complete cock. Yeah. Just like, oh, well, they've just been humiliated. Brilliant. Like, I do, I will yeah. never tune in again. Like, it is a version of wrestling. It might not be the version they want. It might be that I get, I totally get the, it can only ever be an 8 out of 10 or whatever. But it's far closer than it's been in two decades. Mm. Yeah, what, what Culture Gaming's very own Scott Telford, What Culture Gaming podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from. He's uh, a big AEW fan and has said this is going to tempt him potentially to, to tune in going forward, see what they do with CM Punk. He was a, a guy who kind of got into AEW. Uh, he told me after reading a book, uh, I can't remember what the, the book was, it was like 120,000 passionate, insightful words about the sort of rise of AEW, but I have no idea where he where he got it from, Hamlet. Well, Scott lives in the world, doesn't he? He does live in the world, so that narrows it down. A, what have you got there? I've got Becoming All Elite, The Rise of AEW, 120,000 passionate, insightful words about the formation and indeed rise of AEW called Becoming All Elite, The Rise of AEW. But I bet you thing is, I bet that's the only copy. No, no, no. What? You oh. can buy it right now on Amazon, depending on where you live. Oh, we both, we, you, you live around the corner, don't you? Well, I'm in the world. I'm in the world too. Buy on Amazon if you live in the world. Snap it up. <laughs> Uh, thank you to Nate Manning as well, who uh, has used his first ever super chat to just say, just like Wilborn always said. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, Nate. What a uh, waste th- of money. Thanks, Nate. Sort <laughs> of, yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll get back to some more questions in due course, but I feel like we should we should actually talk about the uh, yeah, that's the name on the marquee live <laughs> event, uh, which opened with a women's war games match. Bianca Belair, Shotzi, uh, Charlotte Flair, and Becky Lynch defeating Damage Control. Uh, we had the spot with yep. the bin. And we had uh, a really intriguing story in terms of Bailey taking a bullet for everyone and eventually losing their team the match. Yeah. Uh, you should reward her for that. The <laughs> WWE... Damage Katarl. Damage Katarl, you would think, will be nothing but respectful of Bailey and definitely weren't turning her for this. I loved the last five minutes of this and couldn't care less about the 30-ish that came before it. Yeah. I don't think that was the problem of the wrestlers. I think it's a problem of the format. I think it's a problem of WWE's handling of the format. And who am I kidding? AEW and WCW's handling of the format. It, it just, there is no, there's no, the one thing you guaranteed is the one thing you tune uh, the matches for, which is for the finish. Yes. Like the one thing you cannot have is a conclusion. And no matter how great the action is, almost nothing that took place in either of these war games uh, was that thrilling that you were left with any memory of it. But in both cases, really, really strong finales. Um, I'm glad we got the bin spot again. I really loved how they arrived at that. The idea that Dakota Kai had a chain at ringside so they could set up a dumb waiter, as Corey Graves called it, because they know that it's in Eo Sky's arsenal. Yeah. And then pulling the bin up to go on. Oh my God. Just to set it up for it to do the spot again. And this was like their, this was dumb WWE's version of when Tony Khan very nicely. Booked Hikaru Shida to win the belts. She could defend it in front of a crowd. When Io did this, it was in the grim, horrible CWC. The worst of times in every respect. And it was like, why don't you have the hottest crowd and biggest that's ever been in this building getting to watch you jump on people with a bin on your head? It was class. So it was nice and funny and fun. And yeah, love the booking. Genuinely love the booking. This damaged Katarl turnaround has blown me away, quite honestly. It's And it's do, like it's been reflected in the numbers. The quarter hours have done well. I think they've... Triple H has very effectively done something he didn't when he was a wrestler as a booker, which was when Evolution turned on Randy Orton. It was like, ah, oh, 
loser. And they expected <laughs> him to be the hottest baby face, even though the heels have been like, we don't like you anymore. Damage Katala are going to turn on Bailey, and Triple H is going to get a go at his NXT Bailey on the main roster. And I, as a huge Bailey fan, can't wait to see that play out. I think they're going to pull this off. And the booking of War Games got them there. She did everything in her power. It was laid out, laid on very, very thick. But I thought that played out super. Bailey going for the title at WrestleMania. Uh, again, I because there's nobody. It's not to Sidney's point. All those matches that are laid out, there isn't that EO Sky. Yeah, obvious opponent. So maybe, yeah, yeah. It was ninety percent a total waste of time. <laughs> the psychology of which was just literally backwards. And then, well, blame Crisps. Yeah, that was Ruffles' fault. To be fair, ten percent of the time, like pretty cool daft plunder with a satisfying finish that will uh like i 90 10 ratio percentage wise of total waste of time to resourceful yeah i should say as well that so we did the stream mm -hmm. volume pretty much non-existent and watching through i was thinking oh, bit of a mid show this hugely elevated on the second watch like hearing the crowd like just made it obviously as it should, mm. but and I've read this as well from people that tuned into the Survivor Series either with a punk curiosity just because there was a good bit of buzz around it. That and Matt Reigns, I believe, was one of them. Um, you kind of ignore the difference in the buzz in the building versus AEW at the moment. And to, for the 2021 comparisons, I can't think of a better one. This is honestly, like, in general, Survivor Series 2023 was the Black Lodge version of All Out 2021, yeah. where, oh my God, the evil company, I'm sorry, I don't know, has got the momentum with the one-two return debut punch yeah. and the loud buildings and just everyone in that side of it loving life. Mm. It was WWE All Out 2021. The friggin' kickoff panel in the freezing cold Chicago night because there was no space in the building. Oh, I didn't even put that together until yeah. you pointed that out. Because you could see their breath in front of their face <laughs> when they were talking. <laughs> I didn't watch any of that. <laughs> I was going to do it, Chris. There was a worm in the background. There was a fan holding up a worm. There was a fan holding up a CM Punk sign. Uh, maybe, maybe you've been listening to Wilbon's journalism. <laughs> One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. <laughs> Let's talk about some of the other matches at Survivor Series, though. Gunther versus The Miz, the Intercontinental Championship. I said they'd get a near fall out of it, and they got me. Every every match got a near fall. <laughs> I, had, I had to take one L on a night of endless dubs, and it was this one. Uh, this didn't quite work for me. Like, there was good enough. It was good enough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But again, I was a bit surprised at the reaction in the building because watching live, I just wasn't wasn't feeling it, wasn't really believing it. Um, Gunther selling was great, 
but he is not yet in that position that Brock Lesnar finds himself in, where watching him sell is sort of captivating in and of itself. Uh, he was just, he was convincing. That's a nice thing I can say. He was, yeah. con- he was convincing that The Miz was hurting him, but I still don't think the match was agented the way I would have liked to have seen it play out, which oh. is which is a singular hope spot from an otherwise cruel annihilation. <laughs> yeah. Like the Miz, I got no problem with the Miz targeting the leg. Like he's this for the night. He's going to just try and. He didn't botch the. Did he botch the um, the first low blow? Or was no, he going he, for the leg because the ref was watching. So he hit the leg while the ref was watching. He used the turnbuckle as a distraction, yeah. and that's why he got the like the Brian Brock esque full on like <laughs> hoof to the dick and balls. Uh, so yeah, I'd like it was good enough, but mm. I just think there was a a better and a more inventive match than the one we got for me. Put it this way, me and Hamflet talked in circles on different subjects, apparently. About the Miz versus <laughs> Gunther. All I can say is, I didn't think it was great. I thought some of Miz's stuff looked pretty rubbish. But it was quite dramatic by the finish, and Gunther wasn't humiliated having to sell for him. Yeah. It was a half-decent premise, executed effectively enough. Let's just move on. I, I nibbled on two pinfalls. for, for nibbled on everything. Um, the, the low this blow, is, obviously. Is, you just love the Fed. And the exposed turnbuckle. I thought they, they, they were very impressed that they managed to I've get there. That and, and a match. The Miz was uh, <laughs> the Miz was fighting with the power of all the weirdos, so I think that gave him a bit of the edge over over else. Gunther. See, Michael Cole the exposes the, the turnbuckle and he hits your head in it. Well, that's one, two, three. <laughs> Uh, I really enjoyed Santos Escobar versus Dragon Lee. Obviously, a late replacement for Carlito on on SmackDown uh, after San- Santos's heinous attack. Um, did Dragon Lee lose anything in defeat for you? No, um, although it was probably the weakest of the Dragon Lee is having great matches. So I think the SmackDown TV the matches biggest, have been better big than this one. Show Dragon Lee match you'll ever see. And it was still really good because it's Dragon Lee, but I thought an opportunity was missed here. I would agree with that. It was it was decent. I think. Look, I think it did more for Santos Escobar. And this is not, again, this WWE, and it still feels weird to be like, hey, they really uh, fluked their way into this. No, like a match was set up with the express purpose of getting Santos Escobar more over than he was before, that was destined to be good to great in ring, and I'd never really felt like it got great. It was a, I had a good time with it, not a great one. But Escobar's run continues. I think he's, I think they've done a great job with the character, and he's doing a great, he's running with the ball. Mm. Like he's being given the ball, and he's running with it. The promos have been good. The action's more than good enough, by the way, for like a WWE life. Escobar's Frankenstein off the top rope. Yeah. It looks like he's actually sending them down with that head scissors. He feels very, very credible. And I think he's, he's looking very worthy of the push. I think the Rey Mysterio match feels big, slash. Like Santos and Dominic maybe in a Ray tag that like they they they're looking at a WrestleMania match that I think will deliver in that WrestleMania. You set. can easily see, like you say, uh, it's very rare that we get to say this with the Fed, in, especially in November. Like I think we could sit here and book a, uh, a WrestleMania forty card, and it wouldn't be completely like, uh, what we're going to do with these people? I don't know. Uh, these two, oh, we fluked into getting that like. You can see them getting Santos and Ray, whether it be a one-on-one match, although there's going to be potentially in this card that we book quite a lot of one-on-one blood feuds at WrestleMania. So I'm booking uh, uh, Sant- Santos and Dirty Dom versus Ray and Bad Bunny at WrestleMania 40. But the path to get there, like you say, you can't just be like, well, you don't really do anything. Ray's taking time off, so you could, that's delayed. But now with Carlito not having this match, you have the Carlito match that now gets pushed maybe into next year. You've got still got to get involved with the Los Lotharios and the LWO and all that, and that 
know, you can plot that out arguably up until WrestleMania. Yeah, I don't care. Well, <laughs> I'm conflicted about this eight minutes, uh, eight minutes Escobar versus Dragon Lee match because on one level it doesn't matter. Like WWE, like match quality, we are sort of like that's no longer a novelty, no longer really a selling point. Every promotion's got a good to great match in them. If great matches mattered, AEW would be runaway number one. Yeah. But the fact is, AEW isn't runaway number one. Ergo, quote-unquote, great matches cannot matter that much. However, if you're WWE, right, and you've got AEW on the ropes, and people will say they don't care about them that much, come on, they kind of do. Mm. They'd always take more of their share. They must be absolutely popping corks in Titan Towers, <laughs> laughing their tits off at these collision ratings and thinking, Christ, this is that easy. Like, they must be enjoying it to a degree. Yeah. Why not? Because it doesn't really hurt them. Why not try and take a little bit of what AEW has going for it? Give these lads another five minutes to go, you know what, just go wild. Go wild mm. in a 15-minute back and forth. Like, if it matters to a lot of people, go and get those stars. Go and get that star rating, 15 minutes, with the express purpose of, well, go on there, work your asses, lung-bursting sprint, back and forth, do the best possible match you can do in 15 minutes, and then you've got that thing of, oh, they do great, proper, unadulterated in-ring action in WWE as well as mm. all those people, those stars, these stories, and all the rest of it. I just don't think it would hurt them to just say, we can also be the great match company as well. Because if you don't do that, why have you got Dragon Lee? Why have you got Dragon Lee and pushing Dragon Lee if you're just going to give him eight minutes to do a gentleman's three on a big four pay-per-view or a big five pay-per-view? just makes no sense to me. Like, if you're going to have someone like Dragon Lee on your main roster, if not to smash that three-star ceiling in eight minutes mm. of a glorified TV match, which is what this was, why have a Dragon Lee? Why not just have your cake and eat it too, I is would, what I'm saying. Mm. I think that's fair, because I think every um, promotion that's ever generated buzz historically has had that, like, the great, moves. the great wrestling as, like, a kind of, again, it doesn't necessarily need to be the thing that's led them to the promised land or to... The, we just had it. Yeah, like, I'm WCW 96. I was thinking of the Cruiserweights in WCW. I was thinking of, like, the kind of underrated ECW, the in-ring quality of ECW in its golden era was, like, underpinned by two or three, like, great wrestlers that are guaranteed one match in the ECW arena in just about chairs and tables. Hi, I'm Tommy Dreamer, and welcome to the best... Those WWF 1998 main events, yeah, the, or some of them anyway. Like, the new generation that are still falling over, like, it's... It is there, like, so just right, it's, it's there for the taking with some of the people they've got on this roster, not everybody, mm -hmm. and I don't think they'd want that out of everybody, but it's almost like, like, in WCW it was easy, they just labelled it the Cruiserweight division. Yeah. Like, you get in the NWO in the main event, but here's the, like, if WWE could label it, it's a great wrestler's bit. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> I don't know why they don't. Yeah. They've got a talent. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the Women's World Championship match. I think a match that we all uh, felt we knew the result of, but uh, they beat the crap out of each other regardless. Yeah, this delivered everything it could uh, other than uh, that 1% of doubt, that all-important 1% of doubt, and that was the fault of the booking. Uh, they got, they kind of got like the, the 
Challenger and for Zoe Sark wrong, I think. Like, it was more about promos than... Like, she hit Rhea Ripley so hard in this. And there was a couple of sequences that went a bit awry, mm. but they were in the middle of one of them. a really sort of high-angled suplex. Yeah. But it was like kind of Rhea Charlotte adjacent in the fact they're just going for it here. So you don't mind because it just feels like they're out to kill each other and I'll take that. And Rhea needs that. If you're going to beat Rhea Ripley, you pretty much got a half killer to do it. So I didn't mind some of the, the little slips in the context of the match, but it just... This failed strictly because they never got Zoe up to the level where you believe she could beat her. Like, and yet, it was the best they could have done. She's this hard-hitting, like, very mid-card WWE wrestler right now. They could probably go again in a year's time, I suppose. Like, it's not the end for Zoe Stark or anything like that. I just, like, this was the best it could be, but it had a ceiling on it before they hit the ring. Oh, it, was, it was good. It was all right. Um, not particularly dramatic. Like they hit each other hard. Some of the angles on the throws were pretty... I was like... Uh, yeah. Go, uh. But uh, it, was, it was good. It wasn't great. There was no drama there. It wasn't so great that they could take cold dynamic. Maybe a bit confusing. It's not as if Zoe Stark's this awesome baby face. Mm. A really good wrestler. But not like this awesome baby face that you just naturally want to get behind and root for. And it wasn't so good that people just lose their minds and don't care about the character alignments and they're just into the total action of it all. Um, so I, noble failure. I like what they're trying to do with Zoe Stark. Sadly, it's just not really working. Something that struck me on the second watch of this show. This is the second year they've done the... Second war- of how many? Oh, there'll be more coming here. Like, <laughs> the second year of War Games, and if you think about where Survivor Series is at for several years under Vince, before, like, of all things... Brand supremacy saved it, but like it was on death door, and then that bought the Survivor Series brand several more years, but didn't really buy investment. Every year we took the piss out of it. Red t shirts versus blue t shirts. So what? Situations where you've literally got to change the WWE champion for your main event to work. Uh, War Games has obviously been this thing that Triple H was desperate to do, but has in its defense, I might not like the match, but it is, look, it's drawn this house in Chicago, helped mm-hmm. draw it at least. It's given this brand a new lease of life as a Survivor Series. It's not going anywhere, but they have created a bit of a like, sort of Royal Rumble adjacent thing with the undercard, they're obviously not going to give you much in between these two, ever. They're, and there's no motivation to it. Why not? Because you've got 20 people in the men's and women's divisions in big blockbuster two-ring thing. I, I'm all for it. Like, I would have... Oh, Rumble and Rock is Norton Express. Oh, like, <laughs> there are surprise hits on these Rumble undercards, but, we've you know, it's Bob Holly getting a match against Brock Lesnar. There's countless examples. I want hot undercards. I just... I don't think like they feel encouraged to maybe give you much else because there's 20 people having these huge plunder matches either side of them. Now let's get to the main event then. The men's war games match. It was the Judgment Day, Andrew McIntyre versus Cody Rhodes, Seth Freakin' Rollins, Jey Uso, Sami Zayn, and taking his bloody time, Randy Orton, <laughs> who... Uh, I want to talk about the cash-in, I want to talk about what's in the match, but we have to start by talking about the main takeaway from this. How big was Randy Orton's arms? T- time off is amazing, and our. I'll just say that. Uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> that sentence right there. Time off is amazing for a wrestler to rehabilitate. Randy Orton coming back as massive as he was has made me care for Randy Orton as much as the people in the building there and the people on Raw when his name, well, it wasn't mentioned, was it? But when the Viper and the yeah. Apex Predator. I, for one night, was as excited by the presence of Randy Orton as millions of WWE fans have been all of these years. He looked amazing. He looked in the mood for it. Um, him coming back so jacked is almost funny because he's done everything you could ever want to do. And then at the one time when the guy that loves Jack wrestlers, Vince McMahon, is kind of not there anymore. I'm like, I just might make Triple H ask a few questions. Like, 
Let's give me one more, one more run, Paul. Remember the, remember the good old days, riding up down the road's <laughs> evolution. You thought I was going to be the champion. I'm ready, boss. <laughs> a big flex. Triple H muscle and fitness flex. Just like, yeah, I always liked you, Randy. And I buried you like 12 times, but I always liked you. <laughs> just funny. Just funny Randy Orton coming back and looking that big. He's a, for better or worse, and no matter what I might think, in their minds and in a lot of fans' You'll minds. You love him in about a week. He's in WWE. Probably. So automatic. The way that they're booking these days. The way that Triple H is cooking. Oh, yeah. He's going to make Randy Orton feel like fine dining. He's like a Bruno Sammartino that wants to go 10 more years for them. Like, that's how they perceive it. But they have got a living... 30 years of Randy Orton. I, I just... <laughs> I can't fathom how that can be possible. But they believe they have got a living legend in Randy Orton. But rather than... Uh, I can't think of a better example. Rather than a guy coming back... I didn't want to say Sting because his run's been goaded. But he wears his T-shirt and he's not expected to be 1990 yeah, Sting. Yeah. Randy Orton thought, well, I can't have the body of 1990 Sting. Watch me. <laughs> They've got this living legend figure... Like, to use Bruno as, a, as an example, right? Bruno finished up mid-80s, right? This would be like in 2005, Bruno thinking, one more run, and I'm, I, more, and I'm more Jack than I was then. That's what Randy Orton is. It's it's kind of impossible, actually. So I had my fun with him, but we'll see. Loved his involvement in the finish. That spot was incredible. The, the way that J.D. McDonough flew did, arms backwards. Did you, did you see the two replays? Yeah, he barely, yeah. barely touched him. Barely touched him. Yeah. Barely touched he may him. As well that's, I mean, let's be honest. That's yeah. a fake thing. He may as well have had the Yoshi bin on his head. He was basically just <laughs> jumping and hunting for the best. But the Cody to Randy bit was was quite like Randy saying no. Like, there was a certain passing of the torch there. of all, like Far be it for me to, like, champion legacy law, for Christ's mm. sake. But Randy Orton kind of handing the, the win over to Cody Rhodes. That felt a little something. I was like, for Cody, I felt this. And I was like, that meant something to him. And I, I bought that. I guess I. I'm going to use a phrase to describe this match, which is going to make the sa- match sound awesome. I don't mean to, because it wasn't. But in terms of the story, they kind of got one of the core ideas of war games. The missed, they all miss that, like, total ultraviolence in WWE yeah. anyway. A total ultraviolence, shocking by the standards of the time, claret-soaked faces, blah, 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 blah. But they got in this match, and this isn't like, this is like people Mandela affect war games. I think it's the most Mandela affected yes. wrestling stipulation of all time, in fact. But this romantic idea of war games is you have this complete gang of pricks who torment the baby faces, and then the baby faces come together, and they finally get the numbers advantage at the very end and they equalize it. Now it's a fair fight, and the baby faces win. And if that's Mandela affected, it was reality on Saturday, because even though it didn't have the blood, even though genuinely some of the plunder just looks lame compared to blood and guts, I'm sorry, it does. The fans are still going wild for it. The fans are still invested in the characters, and it was a relentless catharsis delivery system where the baby faces, uh, the baby faces are at a disadvantage. Sami Zayn comes in and does something really clever and fun and violent-ish and over. Then it happens again and again and again and again. Last five minutes, it was like they were just taking the piss out of the heels, basically. It was like a drubbing, like 5-0 against Man U. (laughs) They're just doing the draping DDTs in unison. That instead of the West Side Story spot, by the way. When they started parting, we're like, frigging go. No, (laughs) it's five of us. And we've got his big move and he's stuck his arms. Like I thought that was a superb choice. That in unison was great. Then you have the, right, we've got them where we want them. It's five on five. It's finally fair. Let's just, like, argue about who gets to pin them. I just thought it was a fun, lively last ten minutes. 
the cash in. I saw what they were trying to do. A lot of people put it over. You knew it was going to get cut off when and by whom, but who, like the audience ate it up. Good. What do you think of the cash in? Oh, I enjoyed my sludge. I, did, I loved it. Like, I really did. Like, there. Did the, you, you knew Orton was going to prevent yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't going to. Like, it was just the, a way to spike that pop a bit. I think so. Like, the way, like, I did think there was going to be a cash in within the match, but I was quite, I was quite happy with how they laid it out because it just, again, anything to just enhance that Orton reaction. They'd done the backstage bit, and then they'd, when the New Day drove in on the Slim Jim car. Oh, my God. It was, uh, you could see Drew, Drew and Damien. Having a plan backstage. Yeah, I spotted that's it. Not, not it was very subtle, but well, I spotted it. the button. I don't, know, I don't know if you spotted this detail, right? Because we were obviously doing the live stream, so you might not have spotted it the first one. Uh-huh. Damien and Drew kind of came out of the cage around the same time. And then Damien was like, no, stick to the plan, Drew. Yeah. So that made I mean, you realise... the plan? They, that, that made you realise that Drew was less keen on the plan. Yeah. And then we saw the plan. That's a good point. Capital T, capital P. I'd... I'm taking the piss out of it, but that's how I would have booked it too. Yeah. Use this situation. Oh, use this setting. Who do you think you are? Damien Priest. Damien Priest using a setting in which the baby faces are going to be kind of, I could down. kind of book the, um, the juggernaut WWE. <laughs> that's what I could do. I wish. Dream job. Uh, Seth Rollins being laid out. Like, the table spot was, was pretty cool. You, you compared it, like, it wasn't as good as, but you compared it, like, when the Spirit Squad would just, like, deck oh, a guy yeah. and, like, they set him up to kill him. Sure, Michael. Like, the... That was good. You, it you, was you, good. It was, was like good. 2006. <laughs> what are we doing here? Um, I no, I, w- I would have wanted that to play out pretty much as it did. Felt like I was. It was a fan service little moment for a cash and tease, uh, and again, part of the last five minutes of an otherwise fun waste of time. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I do think now, and like I'm kind of the last guy to be the holdout on Judgment Day Raw matches, but I think now you've done war games. P- please, it's, it's got to be it, right? You can't. We'll see. Have you, ever we'll watched, have you ever watched the Fed in December? Well, I know. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, you have for like, what, 32 years of your 39-year-old existence? Two great Christmases. <laughs> like, never been at the garden on Boxing Day. Oh, the garden is always the garden on Boxing Day, Vinny. <laughs> is it? Apparently, I apparently so. Yeah, I don't know what I mean. Cage match or something. Um, let's get some more questions. <laughs> oh, actually, before we get some of the... Thank you to everyone who's donated and, uh, and took some questions in the chat. Uh, we got a tweet from AJ David who says, hello, Dadleys, I was too late for today's news, so maybe a shout-out on today's review. It's my 46th birthday. Happy birthday. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. Uh, would you rather never have your favourite food ever again or every time you do have to get chopped by Gunther? I would take the Gunther chop. One, because I just want to take one. I want to see how much it hurts. I'm a g- I gather a lot. I was at a show where he was charging people to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Could hear did, he, did he want to do it or not? I didn't know. I would I would take uh, there's plenty of dry food for me to choose if I can't have my favourite. I'll find something else dry and just put that on bread instead. I don't want the chop. I would have the chop what is your favourite food of all time? It's a question. Oh crisps. Are you joking? Do you mean chips or crisps? Oh, great spot as well, that in the survival show. We Very say funny. We different word. Shout out to Ruffles if they want to send us some packs. Yeah, apparently he'll let me just brand up anything. Uh, yeah, they went when Wade Barrett ate the crisps on the kickoff. Oh, it took him. Eight. We he was hovering. You know, like actors don't like to eat. We thought like, is he taking his like diet? Is he's got like a wrestler diet where it's chicken and broccoli or something? And he was like making this one, oh, 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 boom, like holding this crisp. We just sort of became obsessed. The camera goes wide. Yes, I agree, Peter Rosenberg. I have the free he was saying, and then like. Like, yeah, definitely. Anyway, well, it's, it's been thanks, Ruffles. And camera's looking like it's going to fade to black. Yeah, <laughs> Chris, 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 Chris. Favorite food? I don't know. Uh, favorite food for me, maybe from like Szechuanese cuisine. 
something. What? Nothing. So like a nice fish broth. I absolutely flooded with like Szechuan peppercorns and chili flakes and stuff like that. That or tacos, like really nice fish or prawn tacos. You know what? I just love. I've had like if like, you got one thing to eat for the rest of your life, it might be a well-made onion bargy. Oh, oh yeah, I'm with you there. I love an onion bargy so much. Uh, also, AJ says, "Would you be up for Punk coming to the ring tonight with an AEW title-sized bag to the ring with him?" Oh my god! Uh, the thing is, they can't do anything with that. No. But I mean, the buzz. The buzz for the day. Like, that, like Punk is a conversation guy. He's a zeitgeist wrestler. I don't think that's going to happen. But it was, it's all to play for, I suppose. Aye. Not He's, happening. They're not going to put a belt in, the, in a bin. They're not. Yeah. Might miss it. Might do with the 24-7 <laughs> title. Uh, Gavin Wilson says, Afternoon, chap. Something I'd hoped to see in AEW was a heel punk stable. Is there anyone on the main roster or NXT you'd like to see aligned with punk? Um... Obviously, yeah, I think it's a good question. Like, is he going to be a baby face or a heel? Baby face. Yeah. He's a star. He's going to be received as a baby face, so push him as a baby face, then turn him heel. Yeah. That's the one thing it's we've always missed. always a trick, isn't it? Aye. That's the one thing we've missed from the CM Punk returns of 2021 is that guy, of all people, being a heel. It's mm. like it's an absolute slam dunk in terms of who he could align with. I'm kind of over stables for the moment. Like, Ron Breaker well, is an Give us three. Give us three. Like, obviously, you have to have them. But give us th- another three or four years, please, before they are yeah. as, like absolutely everywhere as they have been in wrestling over the past three or four years. Depends what the character is, That's I guess. It. He was super convincing as the leader of the Straight Edge Society. And it's not like Gallows and Joey Mercury and Serena D were, were like young guys. Serena D was very young. But the, the whole point wasn't the youth or inexperience. It was just he was saving them. As a heel... He could be quite a corrupting influence, but these are like NXT wrestlers that we probably don't even know yet. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's like that's probably the role he plays because he's one of them. Even though he's probably not as much for the young guys as he would tell you himself, he plays that character quite well. So it would be rather than like pairing him with any old like Raw SmackDown roster members. Yeah, not a super group. No, it's it's a bunch of NXT guys that he just sees the potential in the ones Corrupt that ribbed Julius Creed. Nah, like Julius Creed will be a star by then. He'll be, yeah, he'll be too far. Again, it's like people that we might not even know. It's people that are... I would like to see Punk with GYV, but they're gone now. Oh, yeah. yeah, that would have been great. Like really loathsome set of lads. Mm-hmm. I mean, that seemed like perfectly not lovely in real life, but they're good, good heels. Like, again, to lean on like when he what he did with the Straight Edge Society. So, again, if it was right now and Punk had been here two, three years and he was like looking for somebody to fall under his influence, someone like a Joe Gacy... Like, yeah. he would have his career turn around because Punk would be like, well, he can do. What the frig are we doing? CM Punk, because he can do almost everything, can actually play creepy and unsettling and yeah. a little bit spooky slash corrupted adjacent stuff. I'll, I'll fix him. You know, like something like that. Von's too good to go bad again now. That's the money feud. Yeah. Dickhead CM Punk at his most. Ah, uh, you've ruined it. You're obnoxious. You've, you know, you're the subject, you're the object of everything. This company needs to be saved. And Von Wagner's the person to do it. And I'm not taking the piss. Chicks are not magnetic. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, Bradley Edison, thank you for your donation. Thank Brad you. says, uh, look in my eyes, what do you see? Adam Wilborn called it perfectly. Thanks, Brad. Oh, are you boy. just... What are you doing here? Are they right. legit... <laughs> Marcel. Ask a question. 
Marcel Laviolette says, morning, hey. morning gents. Uh, stash looking good, Wilborn. Thank you very much. Only a few days left. Still donate on my Movember page. Very much appreciated. Uh, Sige, what did Ilya think of Survivor Series? <laughs> I love it when it becomes a real thing. <laughs> he made it the last five minutes. Uh, very entertaining. Uh, I saved the clip of Hamlet Wilborn from Saturday on my yid. Uh, John Catter says... I'm glad, you know, you had a lovely time on it. I'm glad you have to have that moment together. Unbelievable. I'll let you... I'm, I'm glad I slept. <laughs> I, I cannot do the night shifts anymore. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Raidmaker says, Oh, hey, I caught your tits, Hamlet. I'll send them to you this week. <laughs> yeah, they popped right off. I mean, they probably have in the opener as well when he'll put the bin oh, in the still red. there. Still yeah, there. That's great. <laughs> I'll let you two take this one from John Catter. John says, you've got to give his, him his props for sticking to his guns, but how obnoxious is big old Willie Damas going to be right now? Well, you're watching it. He's, like, been, he's been all right in the office, to be fair. He's been all right. He, uh, he's, he's a gimmick, man. He's fine. Watch, the video's been shared by Matt Raines. Watch how Wilborn tries like, oh. as hard as he can to suppress the I told you so while we're living in the pop of CM Punk returning. 20 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, enough of that. Like, uh, let's get to what the main point of all of this is. And he personally said it. Everyone else, he's not coming back unless he is. Brilliant. That's fantastic journalism there. Uh, Just Daryl says, uh, <laughs> who had the better call? Shane still got it, Michael Cole. Or time to get out of here before the CM Punk chance start. Adam, the only wrestling journalist left, Wilborn six seconds later. <laughs> just, just working the fans is there. That's what this podcast has turned into. Did you see the video footage of Michael Cole, by the way? Yes. Like, doing that. I don't have to, I don't want to watch an extra second that I don't have so to. So, like, somebody. Particularly if it's Michael Cole. Yeah. So, you know, obviously, you can visualize they're doing the long shot of the cage and you see CM Punk on the Titan Tron with the psh, psh, don't you? Somebody zoomed in on Michael Cole. He's quite blurred anyway, but they've, like, cleaned it up or whatever. And he just does this, like, almighty, yeah, like that with his arm. It's like John Cena celebrating a win. You're just like, he hears the music and he goes, like that big pop. Like, uh, we talked about. They were mates, weren't they? I just think he's excited like the rest of us. I like the little wave between Randy and CM Punk. That was great. Yeah. I'm gutted because I saw the wave before I saw the side-by-side. -side. I thought that was Punk's response to Rollins. <laughs> after like, hey, hey, we we again. I'm going to get him. I thought CM Punk's went, which would have been goated. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think uh, CM Punk was more scared of the bloke going Chicago, Chicago. <laughs> he took his moment, that fella, didn't see he? See what you see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Is Seth Rollins working or is he a loser? Is Seth Rollins working or is he a loser? <laughs> I saw producer Adam. Well, Rollins. that's the thing. If you look at 2019 and his activity on Twitter, you would think he's standing up for WWE and shout that GM Punk is coming back, but he's working. He is working. And he did an all right job of it, in fairness. He looked like in a strop. He didn't look like he was trying to be really hard. Yeah. He looked like he was genuinely having a bit of a tantrum, which I thought was really well done. Be great if CM Punk tweeted uh, "Best Pro Wrestling in the World." Period. Something like that. Oh my god! This is a bit of LTST. That'd be good if he's really online. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that? Remember online Punk? Oh, he loved it. Didn't he? He's weird, isn't it? He's still online. He just didn't tell you. Asking Hangman Page about his chaps. Wanting to be Hangman Page's yeah. friend. That's what started, you know. Yeah. I think he wanted to be Page's mate, and Page was like, "No, nah, no, you're all right." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think Punk was like, "Oh, I'll just f in the whole place." Down there. <laughs> Score draw. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I've just seen a great question there from uh, Paul Abbott. We sort of bury the lead in all this. Hey, guys. Paul Abbott? 
Uh, yeah, Paul Abbott. When? Uh, when does? That was like an eighties thing. When does the what? You're co- thinking of Paul Heaton and Jackie Abbott. From I'm Beautiful at, South. Ah, I hate them. I hate Beautiful South. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when does the What Culture tribute pod come out for Ryback's retirement? Yeah. Oh. You know, he really stepped on his own dick there, right? Ryback should have had some fun with that. He should have owned it. It was a silly thing to say. He should have owned it and did like a tearful retirement. And little memory love. Like did his own video package. And then give booked, you love. And booked an indie date where he's like, Ryback, coming out of retirement against whoever and got himself a spot. That, that would it. require Ryback to have a brain and some patter and some nouse about how to market himself. Yeah. Maybe you could be his uh, PR guy. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, Gavin Wilson, we talked a little bit about this on the Raw preview. <laughs> Gavin Wilson says, cereal and staying up tonight, Hamlet? Yeah, and yeah. What cereal? Don't know, but I'll update. What's uh, the, is cookie the bites aren't as good as promised. Yeah, go down, I'll I mean, then again, it is me. you will like them. They sound to me like cereals don't even need no, I'm like, I'd be pretentious about the food. It's more mainly like a running bit that me and Hamlet have. Um, I like crap. Just as much as the next guy, realistically. Mm. I like I love McDonald's. Looks like really trickly like stuff. As someone who can dip his toe in crap, I thought the cookie bites looked better on their air okay. marquee. Oh, bear that in mind. But like CM Punk after six months. What are the Jaws ones? The Jaws ones were just in farm foods. They were like a it was a loving tribute to like the film theme thing. It's made by a corporation. Film themed cereal of the eighties. So ah. people have like p- people in the cereal bubble have like real nostalgia for these like they're really valuable like if you can find like a box of unopened i don't know back to the future cereal or teenage Ninja turtle cereals like they're collector's items and it was this obviously like <laughs> you go out someone that just pop it open anyway oh, yeah, yeah, i'm laughing at that concept if and yet if they made tremor cereal like, well, and yeah, they were they probably would would them, you know that. like all those sort of themes and like 80s mainly in america not over here like love all that and they say it on like tv shows that pay homage to it and I think I farm foods or whoever were just like. So was it just like Cocoa Pops or something? Though? It was. Aye, they were rubbish. And chocolate shacks. <laughs> I'd have rather had Cocoa, Bop, Cocoa Pops, Cocoa Rocks. Cocoa Do Rocks. a better job. Uh, Austin the Nator says, Good morning, legends. Thank you for everything you do to make me laugh every day. One quick question for you. When will I be able to pre order Becoming Obsolete, the drastic downfall of AEW? I would write it if I got the opportunity to do so. I will say. That'll be way harder to write than the first one because the first one, <laughs> becoming all elite, the rise of AEW, um, was very much written during and about a time that was all about just the incredible creative success story of this company, and it's mainly like an appraisal of the creative because at that point there was very little drama surrounding it, mm-hmm. and the few dramas there were, no one talked about it. And it was easier to write from the perspective of a critic about the creative side of it, why it was so great, insights into how it succeeded. This sequel, if it was to ever happen, would be a completely different book about the drama, realistically. And it's a lot of it's bound up in NDAs. And like yeah. I don't think I'm the type of writer to do that kind of piece. Like like a kind of genuinely massive reporting. bit of investigative yeah. journalism. So, and the thing is, it would have to be someone like Meltzer or I don't know, some, maybe someone like David Bixenspan. But at the same time, it's not. No one talks about this stuff, and no one lets themselves talk about it. Like, oh, Cody left. It's not like you could do it on like the Screw Job, where Dave was like, right, he has twenty thousand seminal professional wrestling journalism words on the Montreal Screw Job a week later from Brett. 
and a few much. and a few others, but you know, you couldn't people like, that were what in the room. What did you say about the Cody um, Tony Khan thing? Ah, oh, he left. No one knows why. They're not talking about it. Yeah, great book. And like from a creative point of view, I, I like I like the title though. I do like yeah, the title. It's nice, that. Like from a creative point of view, uh, apart from the Matt Hardy reference, so I now hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a really tricky point to assess. Like they're going to make money. They're going to like. They're going to get a TV deal. They're going to be fine. Oh, yeah. But I think we're only at the beginning of a... Like, Bad time. Yeah, like, with the start of them. It doesn't feel like that, because I know, like, a lot of people have probably observed over the last year, maybe a year and a half, like, the decline. We've done but it. We're at the start of the malaise. Like, these things in wrestling, historically, you've got, like, a few more years of it being a bit... And then they might hit up on a hot character. I think the roster trimming down is what's going to make a difference. But all that is years away. It's sort of hard... I feel like it's hard to classify what AEW even is at the moment because it's successful mm. based on the terms that, oh, Tony, yeah. that Tony Khan would lay out. Oh, it's yeah. successful, but I think a lot of its core are re- deeply unsatisfied with what it looks like every week. Yeah. No, I think Sid is right as well. You take a real professional journalist to uh, to write that book, and uh, there's only one left that people actually respect after, after this weekend. So get me my typewriter. Normally we clock it when he does that thing where he switches off to do his bit, and he Being got good. us there. Because yeah. mm. we're not yet thinking about this journalism thing that he's become obsessed with. Get me a uh, little journalism, like a press cap. <laughs> well, think of professional yeah. Yeah, extra, extra. <laughs> <laughs> Lee Gleesby uh, says, uh, next game, read all about me. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to play the game! Time to play time the game! game. What section of the show for Punk? Also, congrats to Scott Telford on his upcoming fatherhood. Yes. Uh, congrats, congrats to Scott. Scott who congratulations. Baby next year. Uh, yeah, what section? Is he opening the show? Is that just the easiest thing to do? Or is it top and tail? Or how? How do they do this? Um, well, if I'm them, it's either two options. Build, 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 promo at the end. Or bookend the show. Don't just come out, you lady guys. Uh, look forward to uh, the Judgment Day versus um, the baby faces again. <laughs> um, top and tail or tail? Yeah, it's the tail for me. I think Bill, Bill, Bill. It's WWE. I, I would love them to open with it. I think it like sets the vibe up quite nicely, but I just think that I'm not sure if they have faith in their own booking to have the of rest of the card. Of course they do. Well, have the rest they of the card. Look on Triple H's face and all Cody these press conferences. Makes it sick. Well... What do you guys want to tell complain? That is kind of Ducks <laughs> <laughs> Arwood. With him putting on like a Nashville accent, yeah. Yeah. Like that there's something to that because everyone wants not just to see CM Punk, but what everybody else thinks of CM Punk. So he's gonna be in the air in the ether, even if he's not in the sort of oh, Phil Collins. Mouth of all the baby faces. I think they'll build him to the end. I think they'll look at the last sort of twenty minutes as the punk time. Uh the lovely Mark Lee Willis, thank you for your donation, hey. Mark. And your support as always. Would Shano following the static have been more funny? Shane McMahon? Yeah. I think AEW need to put, park the truck of money outside Shane McMahon. Oh, the devil for you now. Oh, my God. Shane McMahon is the devil. Freaking hell. Wait a second. Have I looked closely at that devil mask? There's a lot of sweat coming from underneath it. Like just, he's got that modulated voice. MJF, you are 666. Or should I say, sick, sick, sick. <laughs> Remember that promo we got on Strowman? Yeah. When he was like mental. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the thing is, uh, you fell on every branch of the stupid tree, Bron. You talking about Shane? When stupid, you go away forever. That, that was that. That was this company 
That was a story what, what that didn't get reported. That's what that was. Yeah. Um, Ghost Dunk R says, love you guys. Sorry I wasn't able to get a Dadly Boys super fan sign into this CM Punk return. Of course. Forgot about that. Next time. That was amazing. That was class. Hey, if you going to Raw tonight? Just a thought. So yeah, shout out. The Chicago-based fan hopping off to Nashville to watch the Punk. Well, maybe. Uh, I would if I could. Doug Savona says, uh, good morning, boys from Canada. <laughs> Thanks, Doug. Thanks, Doug. Bye, Doug. <laughs> uh, Bye, Wilborn, is what I wish I could say. <laughs> they should, how they should book the Royal Rumble winner is to a John Cena and Batista both feet hit the floor at the same time. Uh, same Punk's knees would explode. <laughs> <laughs> and both guys go on to choose for the chaos. Oh, so it's not even a winner, it's just both guys. Yeah. I do like Punk and Cody as a fi- I like Punk and Cody as a final two of the Rumble. Is cake and eat your stuff, isn't it? Oh, God. Oh, my God. It's a stupid business thing to do. Yeah. You don't want to make fans choose. You no. don't, but it would be funny. Yeah. When they did it. Oh, with- yeah, lay night in there as well, just for oh, yeah. <laughs> chaos. He might, uh, he might struggle from here. Oh, the hell in ice skates. He's the US Tyler WrestleMania. Yeah. Fine. Uh, yeah, he's got a nice level. Um, Kid Icarus, thank you, Kid Icarus, for your donation. Quick question, unrelated to uh, Survivor Series. What was the five-star review review at the live show, and will we ever get to see it on the channel? Asking for someone doing a spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Congrats on the show, hoping for many more. Well, you might get to see the five-star review reviews. What? Soon. I don't, I, I think our producer... We'll probably know the version of the live show that we'll make YouTube, but we'll yeah. we'll just keep your eyes peeled. Maybe, yeah. you don't want, maybe you don't want to reveal that information just yet. Keep yeah. peeled. And speaking of uh, videos people want to see, Martin Pitt says, are you going to do a video on what cu- what what culture got wrong this year? Obviously, Wilborn will have to just host because he never got anything wrong. Yep. It's well, actually, we already did one. I'd already be in the can, actually. Yeah. Might already have been filmed. Just made me think of something else that I might need to reshoot, actually. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, yeah, we've yeah. Yeah, yeah, we've done it. We've already wasted our time. <laughs> so we're not going to, uh, so Wilborn's not going to be as insufferable. I'm He's already, yeah, we'll I might suppose. need to reshoot. Hey, my, we'll uh, yeah, I, I, I might need to reshoot the, uh, I don't feel I was quite arrogant enough. <laughs> They filmed two versions. Uh, Dean Sheets says, caffeine money for you guys. Thank you, Dean, for oh, your donation. Okay. Um, in future, though, I'll just post uh, my uh, Venmo, and you can just send it straight to there, because obviously YouTube takes a really cool this one. Uh, <coughs> Sidgwick, keep being tough on WWE, says Dean. He's a WWE fan and appreciates that. Uh, Wilborn, what's your next big prediction? I don't know yet. He's not the an octopus, man. I might have to go away and uh, really have a really have a think about this one because you know, Paulie octopus. My uh, my my words carry a lot of weight nowadays, and I don't want to you know I don't want to ruin you know it's it's not a prediction when I say it really. It's more of a spoiler. I'm kind of one of the first guys to to say that sort of thing. So, Dean, I don't know. I'd like to see uh, some big returns next year. But uh, I'm gonna have to go away and consult. Uh, well, do it today. Who's gonna win the rumble? And now we're holding you to it right now. Let him think about it. Come on, no, he doesn't, doesn't, doesn't need it. No, I need, I need to. I need to. So he has to, to like, you know, he has to delve into yeah. his mind about the insights and all the rest of it, and gather the evidence. I give him a bit more footage that he could use to. I, 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 he's got. He's on the day. He's on the news all the time. You know, he can do what he wants. I'm, a, I'm not one of these impulsive fans. I go away and think. I see the big picture. Like these journos who are just like. Oh, sorry, journos who are just like oh, chuck, chuck any old stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, punk, punk wins the rumble. All right. 
for now. But I, I'm not, you know, I'm not. Really Do you feel like I'm not willing to put my I'm not willing to put my journalistic reputation on that because I mean I'm the only one left. So, uh, <laughs> Mr. Twilly says, "Cheers, guys. I feel like the punk edition screws over Priest the most. Do you guys think it would be funny to have punk beat Seth the title, then get cashed in on immediately?" Oh, mm. it's weird to see punk interacting with yeah. that kind of thing. Um, I, I do worry about Priest. The whole idea was he was. We said it at the start. He was meant to be the uh, the big babyface breakout on Raw. Sorry for the alliteration. It is the work of our souls. <laughs> um, I. But now, I don't worry you. Aye, <laughs> <laughs> I, I. You know, thinking about him being cashed in on CM Punk is funny. Is weird because a bit like when Cody came in for the Miz. It was just like, oh, he, just, he lives here now. This is really strange. But if he's back and he's back proper back, stuff like that, stuff like that happens. You mm. know, like baby, fit, like him getting that moment. And if he believes that Priest is going to get the best out of this, and if WWE think that's the best way to do it is to have it on Punk, then I, like you can't rule that sort of stuff out. He's if he's proper back and he's in the in the mix, that's what you get. Uh, Barton Key says to Sidge. Twin Peaks cereal is the gross corn stuff they puke up in season three. Garmin goes, yeah. <laughs> uh, Mr. Phoenix says, I'd like to see a collision comparison between the first one with Punk on it and the most recent one, the night Punk came home. Hashtag ratings banter. And the comparison is that the first one had an overlong main event and this most recent edition had a much better match in Brody King versus Eddie Kingston. Where can I hear more of your thoughts on that episode of AW? Um, let's see. Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Mm -hmm. Wherever you get your podcasts from. Just Daryl says, serious note, Punk went to Dynamite in Texas wearing a pro-women's reductive reproductive rights shirt. Certainly Forget he can't that. Do, he's not doing that anymore. Yeah. Certainly he can't do the Saudi payday. That would be his biggest transgression, IMO. Let it play out. Well, first of all, I don't think he'll wear such stuff on TV. So how big of a big dick iconoclast will he be really? We'll yep. see him put his uh, dick where his mouth is and all the rest of it, right? Okay. In terms of Saudi Arabia... I kind of want to look at that. The best thing... For CM Punk at the minute, about CM Punk, is that the idea of this, like, principled, like, iconoclastic mm. figure who does things on his own terms and only his terms has been eroded so gradually by, A, going back to WWE, <laughs> revealing himself to be, like, very, very self-interested and self-involved, and he's done all these moves since 2021 to just gradually take away that for the boys yeah. mystique and let's unionize. It's got to the point now where his remaining fans, a lot of people will not care. Mm -hmm. His remaining fans now do this thing where they'll go on X and all the rest of it and go, <laughs> see, I'm so funny, guys. And it's like, you'll do something. Why point the camera at me, Nicholas? <laughs> <And it's> like, <laughs> basically, he has become like masterful gambit, sir, where it's like, oh, you know, <laughs> Like, punk. Yeah. That's basically where we're at now, where people like him so much, warts and all, that if he was to go to Saudi, no one's going to betray or turn their back on CM Punk for doing this. They'll just think, oh, isn't it funny that he's like the biggest carny, but, you know, he's still real graps and he's still getting the bag and he's still chaos and interesting. If anything, at this point with Punk and the people who gravitate towards him, I'm not casting aspersions, I'm just saying a lot of them go, oh, he's really funny. Isn't he chaotic? Oh, it's funny that he's a massive... Hypocrite. Yeah. First of all, I don't care. He's a pro wrestler. Punk rock means nothing outside of Discord records. It's fine. But I don't think, in a very long-winded way, it's going to like affect or tarnish his public image at all. It's hard to imagine that... People will have a laugh on Twitter, yeah. and they'll 
repost or screenshot that very homophobic tweet about the Miz, by the way, mm-hmm. for a day, and that'll be it. I it, like it's hard to imagine that when he sat down with Nick Khan and Triple H, that was the deal breaker. There will mm. have been things that both sides would have wanted to agree upon. Even as a punk fan, I don't think one of them would have been, well, I'm not doing the Saudi shows. Like, wrestlers have taken principled stances, and that's great when they do. And, and then reneged upon them. And then reneged upon them. Uh, Sami Zayn has tried to square it off in a way he sees fit, and I think he's got a very, he's got a fantastic record, better than most. In Cena went back. For other things, Cena went back. Owens you know I mean? went like back. The, I just... Owens, did Owens go back? Well, he went. In the end, like they defended the tag belts there. So yes, he hadn't correct. gone previously, but he did go when Sammy went. Cena originally dropped out of the second one because his Hollywood career was on the rise. It's just taken off, and now that's... And it. now it's like where it is. Yeah. In a good place. Uh-huh. He's like, oh, I can go back now. Yeah. That's what these things do. Like, people are callous towards it. We shouldn't be, but a million things are horrible and fresh. It's, I think there was a... I, I hate know, it, but it's the reality of yeah, life. Yeah, I, I noticed when... Well, do you remember there was a video of like somebody burning a Cody Rose t-shirt when he went to WWE? Like... That was a hard learning experience for a lot of people that were maybe new to wrestling or new to wrestlers. But I think if you've been watching as long as we have, we're probably all just calloused yeah. and knowing the reality. Like, if it, anything, AW afforded us a few years of naivety. Yeah. And then it's all come crashing back down to earth now. The industry, especially in North America, has never not rewarded the people that are willing yeah. willing to buy into capitalism. All the time. Yeah. Willing to buy into capitalism the most. Like, ultimately, like if you are a wrestler and you want to make it in North America... You have to buy into capitalism's evils more than anybody else yeah. because it's all about kind of trampling on a few heads on the way at the top and making you compromises with your beliefs and stuff like that. He'll probably work the Saudi shows if he's there. Long, like, when's the next one? April? If he's there long enough to make it to one, mm. you know, which some people don't think he will. But. Uh, final few questions then. Jonathan Riding says, Is there any chance of a worked Rollins Punk backstage altercation? I'm fascinated to see this play out. I'm not as high as other people on the success of the worked shoot element of the Deacon. I think it should be an introductory element of the feud and then get to business, get to some wrestling. I just, from the moment, like I saw, like Seth Rollins' performance of his anger on Saturday was fantastic. But I watched the promo he cut on the house show. He looked a bit, dare I say, undignified on purpose. Yes. Yeah, I he, thought it was really strong. He sent himself up. So, well, who, whoever wants to look gotten to, and he allowed himself to look yeah, gotten to. Yeah. You know, that's a trait that like you want to sort of hide as much as possible, and he gave into it. Less so at the house show when he was like, I'm not going to waste my breath on this man that's tarnished the brand. That is not a way to get and keep that story hot, I don't think. I don't think the time, this is the time or the place to be doing some sort of fight for the soul of WWE story with... It was a hard sell mm. if you were going to try and do Punk versus the Elite in AEW. So it feels an impossible job trying to get Seth Rollins to be the WWE flag waver versus whatever punk is. Yeah. I'm surprised that AEW didn't try and capitalize on it with a worked shoot backstagey thing. Um, no, it's not my usual favorite thing either. But then again, like episodic TV over the past year for me out across the board, it's just a bit dry. And well, I don't Tuesday nights. Yeah, obviously. Oh, it goes without saying. <laughs> Maybe it's a halfway credible way to do things. The, there's enough truth that is interesting enough about their professional competitiveness. Seth Rollins mm. can channel anything he's ever felt about Roman Reigns and where he's seen and just get in that headspace and target it at CM Punk. CM Punk can look at a Seth Rollins, a person who in the ring, I'm sure he has plenty of time for, but just maybe just doesn't see on the level of a Bret Hart or someone mm. like that and channel that into Seth Rollins. They can speak with enough vitriol and anger that is 
worked without leaning on the actual stuff that you're seeing in videos that people are sharing. Uh, shout out to Devin Dowling, who says, Punk starts the show. Monday Night Football has a huge game tonight for WWE to get the biggest audience. He'll start the show. Also, does Punk use the bookshot, Larry, as finisher? <sighs> Not convincingly. But I, I would love him to use it. I would love him to fall on his goddamn lead ass every single time, because who cares? But uh, not as a finisher. I would love him to see him keep trying, because he seemed con- like intent on doing it in AEW, and he never, mm. that never hit. The man that never misses, never hit the Buckshot Lariat. So I want him to see him have another go. Uh, Rahul says, the bad faith WWE take was always that they had nothing besides the bloodline. LWO, Bailey, EO, Punk, Rollins, Babyface, Avengers, and Drew have made them that idea an afterthought. I personally thought that was dead as early as this year, like January so. this year. But. It's getting there. It's getting there. Let's not... Damage control was a disaster. Yeah. Straight away. That's, that's three weeks in, damage control. Uh, yeah, I think that's an old take, but I think it certainly had some merit beforehand. Like, it really did, but now things have changed, and people need to realise how things have changed. Matt Payne says he thinks Willie is unbearable. Wait until Raw does three million tonight. See you later, guys. Oh, man, yeah. He's not doing three million. I would put a uh, good bruise bet on it not doing three million. I'm not going near yeah, that. Of course you're not. <laughs> we do that. Was that on the Raw preview we did our predictions? Was mm. that on this? Because we've done back-to-back. I don't know. I know. I've lost track of the Raw time. preview, I think. I think. Raw preview podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, final uh, question then, to wrap this up. Thank you to everyone who's joined us and donated and, and asked you. questions. Um, Jonathan says, guys, do you think Punk will have some form of creative freedom? Surely the Fed can't script a punker. Uh, well, again, I'm, this is pie in the sky stuff. My colleagues have all told me. I feel like the amount of creative freedom he has is the right amount. And by that, I mean plenty because he needs to feel real and authentic. And he did once before. It's how he got over before is that he felt authentic in an inauthentic system. Uh, And I just feel like that'll have been more than the Saudi Arabia stuff. Maybe as much as money, maybe not. I feel like that will have been discussed. They will have an understanding of how far punk can go. And if anything, he probably needed a bit more control exerted on him in AEW. I'm not calling necessarily for scripts, but certainly Tony can't uh, not let the leash be quite as loose as it was. What? Like, he was afforded so much creative control in AEW. But you're not, you're not campaigning for... What? I'd, I'd... Thanks, Nicholas. Well, you're not, you're not campaigning for... Scripts. You'd prefer that probably just in terms of what they're going to say out there, they make sure that the performers... Pay attention, please. I think I'm quite tired after Saturday. Yeah, so I would explain things. Um, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Cody Rhodes, Roman Reigns, they Becky. evidently, I don't know. To a certain extent. Have their own, they can say things in their own words. Mm-hmm. And it's all about, they have that, Road Dogs calls it tr- Road Dog and CM Punk in the same company, by the way. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Get ready to learn how to suck trip, uh, Tony Khan's ass on Twitter, buddy. <laughs> there's, uh, there's one person in that company who's going to last out with them two at the minute. I think it's going to be CM Punk. Yeah. What was it he said? When uh, it's when he was in between his WWE runs. This is Road Dog in between his WWE runs, and he was like, "I nah, keep saying Tony Khan should hire me. He should hire me." And he's like, "You know, if they just hired me, things could be better." And then underneath a picture of Tony Khan and his father, he went. Gotta got admit, y'all look smooth AF. <laughs> and then, like an incel, <laughs> when he didn't get the job, the next time he hopped on his podcast was, and they give Wardlow the job a title, and that she looks like an indie with uh, <laughs> an indie with marginally better production. It's like, that was the equivalent of someone saying, bitch, <laughs> when they got turned down. Uh, what was the question about? Great freedom for punk. Yeah. 
I mean, if Kevin, no offense, Kevin Owens is a massive star these days, and Cody is the biggest, one could argue, mm. not named Roman. Um, Punk will be able to cut promos. He'll be given, this is the, like, it's always the case. These are the story beats. Mm-hmm. We need you to say this. We need you to build that. We need you to not say this. Everything else, say yourself. Like, go, when they say unscripted promos, I mean, that's like the feel of building and the reaction. It's bollocks. They're still scripted. They're just scripted by a wrestler and not a writer. Yes. Scripted promos are like a pejorative about ex-Hollywood hacks, right? A wrestler can do a scripted promo, and they do 999 times out of 100, unless you're Adam Copeland and Ricky Starks and those kinds of situations, (laughs) and Kingston and Guevara. Yeah. They are are scripted just in the correct way by the correct people in their own voice. There has been a lot of discussion just briefly on uh, Punk and Seth and Punk and I guess WWE in general, Triple H, whatever. Punk and Owens and Zayn is an interesting one. Owens especially. He made it very clear immediately where he stood after Brawl Out and there's all the history with Punk and Owens and I think Punk will very much be able to probably I don't know if he's a guy that holds his hands up but I'm sure he'll be able to say I was wrong. Like, you have absolutely categorically made it, and I was wrong. But, aye, there's a lot of water to travel under the bridge between those and Punk, possibly more than some of the other people that yeah. he's worked with in the past. And I just think that's something to keep an eye on. I just don't think there's kickoffs. I don't think WWE allows for boot-offs, but we will see. I, I hate push. this idea no that WWE... Policy. I'm not saying it's a utopia. I just don't think that... I, I think there will be... That they're all, like, good everyone's family. Good. I think they'll be more intolerant of it than Tony Khan was. Of CM Punk's bad behaviour. And I think that's that's where you'll quickly see no like the idea like that these ultimate domineering people who know how to keep people in line. It's all very professional. Look at the state of Matt Riddle in that promotion, man. For God's sake. It's gonna be very fascinating to see what happens following this. Another wrestling journalist shared that take over the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) If you think I'm trouble, retweet. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing, Dave? Uh, but let us know your thoughts on Survivor Series and uh, where we go from here in the comment section or on X at WhatCultureWWE. Well, actually, they can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet yeah. at... Team of the podcast. Yeah. Michael Hamflet. Uh, you can follow Michael Sidgwick at... <laughs> I am Sidgwick. Uh, you can follow me at Adam Wilmore. Ruin this too. You can follow our brilliant producer, Adam Nicholas, at It's Adam Nicholas. Uh, follow us all at What Culture WWE, as I said. And if you want to know our thoughts ahead of Monday Night Raw, the, the uh, Raw preview is available as a podcast right now. What Culture Wrestling Podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. And we'll be back to review Raw tomorrow, of course, as well. But for now, thank you to everyone who's joined us in the live chat. Thank you, as always, for your donations. Uh, and if you've just lurked and listened, thank you very much as well. Thank you. Uh, my thanks to Michael Hamlet, to Michael Sidgwick, to Adam Nicholas. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.